Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. What's going on, guys? And welcome back to Watch Time. As today, we have got one cracker of an episode for you because the entire internet is apparently on fire. People getting canceled <laughs> left, right, and center. Drama coming out every second day. Literally, there are so many topics to cover. There's like 50 things in this episode that would normally take up a whole episode. We got to try and cram it into one, which yeah. is uh, pretty crazy. My name is Elliot, aka Musalk. I'm a gaming YouTube with 9 million subscribers. I am here with my sister Grace, who is a director of Click Management, which manages some of the biggest and best gaming creators in the world. Grace, how you going? I am good. I'm very excited to get into this episode. I was laughing to Elliot earlier because there was maybe a couple months ago when you know, everyone was in lockdown, things were moving a little bit slower and we would try and brainstorm like a couple days before we would record, like, what do we want to talk about this week? And for the last couple of weeks, we have, I've had Elliot messaging me on his way into the office to record being like, what are we not talking about this week? Because there is literally so many things to cover. And while we don't really want watch time to just be sort of a commentary on what's going on uh, with drama or anything on the internet. We really want watch time to be a deep dive into um, the current events that are happening in our industry that affect our work, our business, our friends, um, and that we think are topics that you guys would find interesting from our perspective. So we're going to go deep today. A lot of the topics that we're going to be talking about sort of center around um, cancel culture. And we're going to be touching on all angles of that from what's happened with Dr. Disrespect to the Me Too resurgence that's happening online at the moment and uh, how that's also spanning into the beauty industry and the cancelling that's going on there um, with comments around racism to pedophilia. It's an absolute mouthful. But I think, Elliot, the main place that we should start is probably the Dr. Disrespect News. Yeah, doc, yeah, that was that was crazy. You know when you know when it's been like it was already a crazy week, right? It, it's kind of like you know what it is. This this two weeks on YouTube and the internet is like 2020 internet edition, right? Where you wake up every day and you're like, haha, what could happen next? Australian bushfires. All right, that sucks. Oh, what? Now we got a great pandemic. That's literally what's happened this week. Condensed yeah. down. Where every morning you wake up and it's like just when you thought you'd gotten over the real bad stuff another thing goes down and that was dr disrespect that was like you wake up you read the headline and you're like oh yeah dr Wait, what you do like i did the biggest double take so to summarize like what happened this broke on saturday afternoon and basically dr disrespect disrespect had been streaming on twitch as he does on friday afternoon ended abruptly and then saturday by about lunchtime in the states it broke that apparently he has been permanently banned from twitch as a platform and this is just pretty shocking news because only in march did dr disrespect sign an exclusive streaming deal with the platform twitch for a multi-year contract and it just seemed very out of nowhere there was no news on to why that ban had happened twitch made a statement that they would ban people based on whether or not they'd broken the community guidelines or terms of service. It was extremely vague, didn't even refer to disrespect by name or refer to a permaban. And that was about it for Saturday. 24 hours later, we heard from Dr. Disrespect that he too doesn't know why Twitch made the decision that they'd made. So it was all round a little bit crazy. There are now wild conspiracy theories going on as to whether or not his house was raided by the FBI in the last eight minutes of his last stream. If there was some sort of awful sexual assault allegation, has he been money laundering? Elliot, give me your take on this. What were your thoughts I mean, when you saw the news? I think number one, the important thing to realize is that uh, Twitch, it, it, with a bit of context, Twitch has lost Ninja, they've lost Shroud, uh, they've lost a lot of their biggest content creators over the past few months. And the value that these content creators bring to the platform 
everyone knows the deal numbers now. They're talking like 60 million, 30, 30 to 60 million dollars for creators of that size to be on the platform. So that is the level of value you're talking about when you think about banning your platform's single biggest creator, which I think effectively Dr. Disrespect really was, or he was definitely mm -hmm. top three. Um, so like the magnitude of that decision is huge. And I think what's amazed me most about this situation is that nothing has leaked. You've it's had a lot of like people on Twitter, you've had a lot of people on Twitter being like, oh, I know, but I can't say, but I know, but I, but I can't say. I don't actually think they do. I reckon there's so many rumors going around. I think that most people are just totally in the dark right now. And I think it is an absolute insane testament to whatever this is that they've kept it this much oh, yeah. on lock. When I because... first saw this, I said, I was like, I don't know. And I can't figure it out right now, but I give it 48 hours till we yeah. or one of our friends know at least an inkling as to what's happened. A hundred percent. It's been four days and I'm, I've I'm used got to... a 4chan thing now. I'm like going deep and I cannot figure it out. I'm a hundred percent used to there being like, you know, industry secrets, right? But yeah. normally I know someone who is like in that like space, right? Like drama we're going down and like phase and there's someone there who I know will know or, you know, in the UK you know, community. And then yeah. I can ask someone who's in that group and everyone's like, look, you know, I'm down there. Like this is the situation, but this one, no one knows, man. Like I'm sure there's some streamers out there who do, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it, basically we've got that, that group chat with like me, Lockie, Lazebeam, Fresh, like all, all the YouTube guys. And like, we've just been in there losing our minds, <laughs> just being like, how is this possible? I need to know. I don't even know why I care this much, but I need to know. And I think ultimately, it's, it's boiled down at this stage because I'm just so conscious that I could normally do a whole episode on this and we need to like, we've got so much to get through. I think at this stage, Dr. Disrespect, it boils down to essentially two credible theories. Credible theory number one is that uh, because the timing is interesting, it's happened right after Shroud and Ninja were kind of released from their mixer contracts. Mm -hmm. So suddenly you've got the two other biggest streamers in the world who are free agents and the one theory that I think is actually a bit of a long shot, but also not totally out of out of whack, is that Shroud, Ninja, and Doc are founding their own streaming platform. Now, the reason that this would get in banned is that theoretically, un like what's leaked about this potential theory is that he was going around to a few other select Twitch people trying to convince them to come over to their platform. Twitch found out was like, y'all breaching contract and then was like, you know, got angry, understandably, and banned him from the platform for essentially going against his contract, which here's the thing. Shroud, Ninja, and uh, Doc have, you know, they, they've they've been in the streaming space a while. They've seen what happened to Mixer. They've seen that, you know, Mixer, by all accounts, was not run overly poorly. Mixer was done in a relatively good way. They, they had all the features they needed. They actually got up to scratch to get near Twitch relatively quickly. And they had billions of dollars behind them through Microsoft. And they failed. And... To clarify, they also had some big creators, aka Shroud and Ninja. Now, the reason I don't think this theory is necessarily true is because if Mixer, with Microsoft behind it, a good infrastructure, really well-built-up kind of stuff, failed and ran out of money with yeah. Microsoft behind them, when they had Ninja and Shroud, I can't see how they could logically look at that and be like, well, Mixer failed with us on it, but if we go start our own, then it won't fail i don't know that that just doesn't that doesn't do the maths for me and i think that the risk uh of them investing millions tens of millions of dollars into that and it in all likelihood failing wouldn't be worth them just taking a 50 million dollar bag to go to another platform if they're looking to make money that would be the more logical safe and probably financially big decision i also tend to agree i think it'd be fascinating if it happens but i would also I agree with everything you said and I would add to the fact as well that to start a streaming platform, even to negotiate a streaming deal, these take months to to make it happen. And it would go against my theory from our podcast last week where I said, I don't think Ninja or Shroud had months of knowledge about the Mixer deal ending before it ended. And 
I therefore think it would be also almost impossible for the three of them to coordinate this with another platform. If it happens and I'm proven wrong, I can't wait to eat my words and get into all the details that I possibly can. But I feel like I'm skeptical on that one. Yeah, you you think about how long it takes to get even the most basic website up and running. Like if you want to get just like a, a, a basic just you know, this is my workplace website built. Normally that takes weeks. If you're talking about negotiating streaming contracts, getting revenue flow through with donations and subscription yeah. services and emotes and, and and a whole streaming infrastructure with the servers to handle it, like that, uh, they've got a good team behind them. But man, that is one hell of a project to pull off. And I just can't see them being able to do that on this kind of timeline. Even if which... they were working with a platform that was already... Um trying to get started and that maybe they had the infrastructure behind it and then they were just being added to the deal kind of last minute. I still feel skeptical because the money that is required, like the the upfront money that would be required to fund the capital for this sort of project would be so much that then to try and work out how you assign value to that for, to the creators in terms of equity and how much they're paid. I just think these are not the kind of deals that you can pull together in a couple weeks. They require valuation. It would be, it would be an absolute mountain to overcome. And I just don't think any of them have had the time to do it. And I think given the time it would require, something would leak and something hasn't leaked. So, but, I also think the other funny thing that came out of this whole streaming thing, because I, I agree, I think we both agree, it's probably not what's going to happen. That said, happy to eat my words if it does, uh, is there was <laughs> this little streaming, uh, this little streaming service that's apparently trying to start that was started by some like ex-mixer person. And they're just like, it's apparently run by like an 18, 20 year old or something. It's like got no money really behind it. It's a bit of a community startup, you know, like power to them, love it. But <laughs> What they did was they they got their streaming account and it was called Brime. It was called Watch Brime. So let's just off the start. I'm I'm not saying rebrand, but I'm saying I've heard catchier names than Brime. <laughs> um, it sounds like Brine, okay? Brine is the stuff that comes with tuna. I don't yeah. want that as my streaming service. <laughs> okay. Uh, they they got that Twitter account. And it was following a few like engineers from like Mixer, I think. And then it followed ninja doc and shroud right after right after doc got banned and suddenly everyone's like this is proof the doc is starting a streaming service with ninja doc and shroud and and like Lockie posted it in our group chat he's like he's like boys this is the evidence the streaming theory could be real and i was like and i, I just immediately looked at it and i was like the name sucks the branding is shit and non-existent the tweets coming out of it are so unprofessional they're like reply with your questions going to be answering some on monday i'm like this does not scream like large well-organized multi-billion dollar streaming platform I startup they to were me just totally like trolling the internet dude <laughs> this morning before we started recording they now have a hundred thousand followers and some of the biggest creators in the industry following this account and i saw Lockie is following it and i was like i was like Lockie, you do know i could start a twitch account i could start a twitter account right now call it like watch muse and then i could follow doc ninja and shroud they don't follow the service back it just follows them it was a anyone small, can create a it was a small highlight of the week for sure oh but my god dude but but genius they went from a thousand followers i don't know it could have been less it had two thousand a couple of hours after this came out it had like two thousand now it's at ninety eight thousand or something like that the genius absolute genius i think we can rule that one out though yeah um so yeah. give it's me not, your not, give yeah. me your theory number two theory number two is that obviously a lot of the kind of like me too stuff going on in the community right now and that it is part of that but i think what makes that theory so interesting so because obviously a lot of like um sexual assault allegations coming out at the moment uh against a few people in the community um a lot of like pretty bad stuff which i think we're going to get into a, a bit later um but uh yeah basically doc could have theoretically had someone like someone come forward to twitch and be like hey this is what happened um and then twitch was like okay we need to get ahead of this and like 
banned him and like tried to get way ahead of the train. Mm-hmm. Here's where that gets interesting to me. I feel like for them to ban their biggest creator and to instantly knock him off the platform and a huge streaming deal, uh, there would need to be like essentially beyond all question of doubt, guilty evidence. Like there would need to be a literal video of the incident or some admit, like, I feel like, I feel like you, you could not on the base because there, there have been a lot of Twitch streamers where pretty credible accusations have come forward that have had yeah. relatively okay evidence behind them. They haven't been banned. No. So, so it's interesting to me that whatever happened was something that Twitch must possess enough evidence for that they instabanded. But so that's this is this is what confuses me. I think these are the two most credible theories right now, but I can also poke huge holes in yeah. both of them. On your second and, and that, theory, I also thought that that was potential, especially given the timing of what's going on in the past. Doc's history isn't completely clean with that either. But the reason that I... I think, it's, I think it's important to clarify, though, his his history was uh, being unfaithful to his wife, but nothing violent. Or... Agre- oh, absolutely. Agree, yeah. agree. I was more referring to the incident where he was streaming in the bathroom. Like, he has faced consequences oh. from Twitch before. Yeah, yeah. But different. But I thought, yes, perhaps given the timing of um, the allegations that are happening at the moment in the public sphere, perhaps it was something to do with that. But I do think it's an interesting question as to how far can platforms step into areas that are off-platform? So, for example, if someone is breaking the terms of service or community guidelines on Twitch while they're streaming – Absolutely. I think the platform has the obligation to enforce the standards and the terms of service that are around that. If someone has behaved unethically or illegally off platform, at what point does Twitch step in to that? Because you're right, like, can they do that based off an allegation? I'm not saying whether it would be right or wrong too, but if this was something that happened off platform, which perhaps it indicates that it was because generally if it was something that bad and it happened while he was streaming, people would be able to pick up on that. I'm not sure. I actually took the liberty for you guys so you don't have to go do it. I actually checked the Twitch community guidelines in terms of service to see if Twitch can step in where they see an event happen offline and they can. They recognize that the Twitch community goes beyond when people are actually streaming on the platform and they recognize that there are events like TwitchCon or Twitch parties that are effectively a physical representation of the platform in person. And if they find out that something illegal or something that is unsafe has happened that would that would be a violation of their community guidelines, they can take action against that, even if it didn't happen while that person was streaming. I think that's really interesting and it poses a much bigger question that we probably don't have time to dive really deep in to today, but it's like, at what point does the platform have the obligation to step in versus where where are they sort of overstepping the mark? And so I agree, Elliot. I feel like I've had many, many ideas. I was on Discord to Lachlan on Friday, on Saturday night, and he was like, Grace, I'm like six hours deep into 4chan and I can't figure it out. Like, what is going on? So I feel like, you know, we're asking the same questions that probably everyone in the community is right now. And I do think that at some point we're going to find out whether it's tomorrow or next week or in a month or a year. Um, but it's certainly fascinating and I think it's also worth mentioning that neither Ninja or Shroud have actually commented on the doc situation at all. So a lot of streamers have come out asking questions. I don't think they've even publicly made a comment on it. Yeah, I think what's interesting is that, uh, and this is like almost more goes against that second theory, is uh, Doc's wife came out and was like, Hey guys, thanks for all, like, appreciate all the fans, like, supporting us during this time. This, like, sucks. Which means, ultimately, I feel like that that goes against theory number two, which is that, because, because once Agreed. again, I feel like for theory, for theory number two to be real, there would have to be very, very strong evidence 
because you cannot ban some your biggest creator and end their contract and their career without evidence, right? And, and I think that's something pretty much everyone would agree on. Yeah. Um, but so the fact that his wife is coming out like kind of in support of the situation um, and supporting her husband, I think like once again goes against that number two theory which is that someone's come forward with some really compelling evidence so I, literally i i'm still lost i don't I know i, I think also there are... agree that um when he tweeted being like i don't know why twitch has made the decision that they've made everyone was like oh god this gives us nothing like this answers no questions whereas i actually felt like no it does answer some questions for me because to come out and say, hey, I actually have no idea why this has happened. If it eventually comes out that he's done something really awful, he's going to face so much backlash from that. People don't want it. It's kind of taking a victim mentality and it's saying, oh, gosh, I have no idea why this has happened. If it comes out in a week that he did something truly awful, people are going to be like, shut up. What the hell are you talking about? You had no idea why this happened. Like, playing dumb like that you know so it, it it to me does give information but doesn't necessarily add any clarity um but yeah yeah very very interesting to stay tuned with what happens that's for sure yeah I, i'm sure we're gonna have a another podcast episode in a week or two hopefully next week <laughs> please give us information i'm going know, insane uh where we're going to be able to actually deep dive into whatever the actual reason is I think it definitely uh, is worth touching on what we were saying there, though, is the huge volume of allegations that have come out against a number of people that have, have quite significant influence in the community around um, sexual assault that exists in the industry. And I think it's – I'm always in awe of women that are confident enough to do that because it would require a huge amount of confidence – um, but it's definitely shaken up. Um, it's definitely shaken up a lot of big names in the industry. I mean, I don't know what do you, what were your thoughts? Like, who who were the names you recognized? Did you know anyone? Uh, there's a lot of names I recognize. People that I know and like I'm friendly with at events. Like, not people who I'd say I was. I'm like I'm like super, um, you know, good friends with and and chat all the time. Like, I think some of the big notable ones are syndicate um which you know and, and i think i think it's important to also note the difference between the ones where they're ones where it's like kind of confirmed and they've admitted to it or ones where people have uh kind of at least currently that they're, they're saying that it's not true i think syndicate is currently um is currently denying anything that's been said against him uh but he's definitely he was one of the first big ones that came out being accused uh i think after that there was um uh, who who was it? It was the big Minecraft channel, um, or it used to be a Minecraft channel, not Delirious. Mini Lad. Mini Lad, yeah, Mini Lad, and he's one that's come out and basically admitted to the accusations, which was he was knowingly flirting and exchanging things with underage, like fifteen, sixteen year olds. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's it's crazy because I think the spread of what has kind of come out and been discussed and been shown is uh is is absolutely crazy I, I think it's like everything from cases where it's like there, there was one that came out um for i believe he was a world of warcraft player and this is one where it had all the screenshots all the evidence everything that you could ever need to prove it and it was basically that this world of warcraft player had very knowingly been flirting sending nudes and trying to get them back in exchange with like a 14 year old girl and was trying to bring that 14 year old in as the third in his relationship with another oh. older, like 21, 22 year old. And there's like a very like, explicit screenshot. There's a very, like th there was like the whole thing I was reading. I was like, I was like, like, you know, obviously disgusting. And then there was one screenshot where I was like, that's just like, really I, i'm i'm gonna not say the i mean i don't know i'll, yeah, I'll see how far my brain necessary. goes with it but basically very explicitly sent her a message sexualizing the fact that she was underage like oh. like was like and it was just oh my like god i don't even want to know yeah anyway 
very dicey. Uh, so that, that's what I mean, though. I think there's been like this this full spread. There's been from people who have basically just been completely like, you did this. Here are uh, all the screenshots and messages of evidence of you like trying to like sleep with these 14 year old girls and there are people where it's like done there's also this kind of middle ground where there's a lot of people who have been accused and have said no that's not what happened um and i think they're the ones that are really dicey to deal with i think it's it's hard like i think those ones i've been chatting to a lot of people about it um uh, like a lot of like uh girls in the industry and like we, we like we went out and had uh drinks with, like a big group of us the other night and it's it's interesting getting like the different opinions from all the different sides. Yeah. But I think the one thing that everyone agreed with just sucks with these because it really does is that so, so much of the time what happens in these situations is behind closed doors. A lot of the time it's in a room and the only two people in that room are yeah. the two people who are involved. Most of the time you're not recording, you're not like you don't have any real like unless there's like message logs from the other from another day like you really don't have any evidence and it and it really just comes down to i felt uncomfortable in this situation like or you know this person did this and then they deny it and really a lot of the time it stalls out and it doesn't go anywhere and yeah. it sucks um yeah. i think and i and i yeah it, it is it's super super difficult i think ultimately um, but it, it is crazy. I, I think regardless, it's, uh, yeah, it's led to some pretty, I, I think good introspective thoughts for a lot of people. And I think ultimately as much as it sucks and as much as I think there's a lot of like horribleness coming out of it, uh, I think ultimately it's going to lead to the industry being a better place. Yeah, I'd hope so. But... <sighs> Yeah, why, like, why does this keep happening? Because I feel like this is not the first time that you hear these sorts of things. It's not the first time that you hear about the gaming industry and the community. Like, why do you feel like this is an issue in this community? I actually think it's an issue in every community. I, I, I don't... I, I think it's basically an issue, especially in communities where people command influence because i think a lot of the time they will mm -hmm. use that to uh like manipulate. try and take manipulate and take a position of power where they otherwise shouldn't i think that's why a lot of the time you see a lot of stories of underage stuff happening because obviously their followers are yeah. um you know normally in a younger demographic and are easily influenced by that i think though that um I think, you know, like we've seen from movies to the makeup industry to now gaming, I think um, it's just like, I think it's more just society in general. I think there's stories coming out. In, I think that's a good in, point on the influence thing. Like, I think when people are yeah. in positions of power or people are insecure, but they have some level of influence, you know, uh, I don't know, like maybe... Yeah, I think if people are insecure, but they have a level of followership or influence and they feel like they can exploit that for attention, then it's disgusting. But maybe that's how that can happen. I don't know. It's yeah, I think it's will be interesting to see how it develops, but it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see if it does, because I don't know if you remember the original kind of Me Too stuff that went down in Hollywood, yeah. mm -hmm. eventually got to a point where it actually started coming back in on itself and and got a bit, uh, like, people started getting angry at some of the, like, accusations coming forward. I feel like we've like, started think, to see some of that now. Yeah, that, that happened. I know that happened a bit with, uh, I saw a lot more, I think a lot of the things that came out, people were very much like, Yep, that's horrible. Uh, obviously, there's always the debate of, do you have evidence? If you don't, like, it's not okay to cancel someone. But I don't think girls necessarily gain a lot from doing this. Like, I don't think I'm skeptical. I know there's a narrative out there where it's like, oh, girls are faking this for attention or there's a lot of, like, baseless claims and it's not actually true. And I think I would push I'm sure there are situations where that happens, but I don't think a lot of girls come out of trying to expose an influential male in the industry um, to backlash and come out of that doing well or gaining an audience that they can then monetize. Like I think it, it yeah. is, it is, there's something to be said and I want to like dive into it more when we talk about what we're going to talk about next with the cancel culture. But 
yeah, I think it's it's scary. Like people have a lot to lose and people can be cancelled so fast. It's terrible. Yeah, I, I think But I think I, yeah. I don't know. That's always, I also think that's girls... always the hard part. I, I agree. I think the I think the vast majority that come out really do have like no negative intentions. I do think there are there have been a couple where it sounds very much like exes, like broken relationships, and a lot of those stories have been counted. I think there was also the one I thought was interesting. Um, I don't know if it's been disproven at all since then, but I thought his response was good enough to the point where it pretty solidly discounted it, uh, like Justin Bieber's one that happened pretty oh, much at the yeah. same time. Oh, wow. Where the girl was like, we were at this hotel and this happened, and he was like, here's a literal receipt and pictures of me with my girlfriend that night that show that I wasn't there. Right? I have like, to say, I think I, he responded perfectly to that. He, he validated responded, them. He said, the reason I'm responding is because it's deserving of a response, and I would never want anyone yeah. to think that I'm just not taking it seriously. But he yeah. completely debunked it. Um, so I think, I think that's where it gets hard because I think it's, it's naive. It would be very naive to say that instances of, uh, you know, like lies don't happen. They do. And I think that's one example. Um, I think that that then creates this hard thing where it's like, well, can we end someone's career over an accusation? Because, yeah. you know, it's like, it's like, it's like when obviously the, the scale is very different, but it's different in a lot of senses um, and, and doesn't discount the underlying theory, which is, you know, like with the death penalty, like if you get one accused person wrong in a hundred, like, you know, if you, if you wrongfully convict one in a hundred people, then that's too many, right? Yeah. You know, like talking about the severity of punishment. So it's like that it, it really does suck that, um, a lot of these stories will be true and there are also going to be some people who may not have done anything bad who will also get cancelled. But For that... me, it's also worth distinguishing where someone has legitimately done something wrong and there's been like a sexual assault or something involving a minor, something like that, where it's it's illegal, um, at the very least highly unethical, and where someone's made someone feel uncomfortable but it's not necessarily illegal and making someone uncomfortable is never good but and and should be avoided at all costs and I think really can be avoided but like there have been some cases coming out this week where it's like oh like a guy was drunk and he tried to kiss me or that sort of thing and I don't know I don't know if it's a sensitive issue to talk about because I think we also live Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com in a world where these these issues are nuanced yeah i think one area i've seen where things get a little bit where i've seen a lot more kind of like back and forward discussion was like all the offline tv drama that came out a couple of days ago yeah which was um for anyone who hasn't seen basically fed who was there a bunch of gamers living in a house together i think two or three girls and two or three guys um one of the guys called fed basically a few of the girls came out and with uh, stories about things he'd done that made them feel uncomfortable, which was basically they apparently had like a previous history of like, you know, lying in bed together. And sometimes they'd even sleep in the same bed on opposite sides or watch a movie in bed or whatever. One night Fed got drunk, came in and didn't explicitly uh, like didn't didn't touch the girl's breast or like, you know, anywhere exclusively, you know, like. Yeah. Okay. But basically put put a hand like like I, th- I think around like here and basically just made her feel like he was making advances on her. And she apparently felt really uncomfortable with the situation, but didn't really uh, feel comfortable saying no, go away either. Um, and and that was that. Now, I've seen a lot of people saying I've seen the two sides of that, which is a lot of people saying like people make advances on people and don't explicitly kind of ask for if it's okay like people will make moves 
obviously there's a degree that goes past where absolutely you like need to be like clarifying that but also the fact that you know people do have drinks and occasionally like you know if you're like at the movies with a date you might like put an arm around their shoulder right i think yeah. that's what people are likening it to i or think where been in an environment where they'd been close before they'd been in bed together before in yeah. a friendly capacity was he getting the and he might impression was he thinking like oh yeah. maybe she wants me to hold her hand or make like a gentle move in that direction see if it goes that way like these are some of the perspectives that i think we're hearing and yeah and it um, gets nuanced it gets very gray i agree i i do think the part though because i think i was very i was very very like on like you know i was very like understanding of that side where i'm like no i agree i think guys and girls alike will occasionally if they think someone's interested in them make like a move and uh and kind of you know, without explicitly yeah, being like, can I put my like, arm hey, around can you? Can I hold your hand? Yeah. I I do think with Fed where, once again, I, I don't think it was really at a point where it's like, oh, you need to end his career. I do, I like, I think, but where I do think there's a point of education for him that he could have been like confronted with by those people is that the next day it was brought up to him by her apparently being like, hey, you know, that thing you did. Or at least if I'm remembering correctly, she brought it up and was like, hey, just so you know, this thing you did didn't really make me feel comfortable. And then he did it again. I think that's where oh. you can kind of be like, that's where you can be like, okay, no, it was made clear that that isn't okay. Don't do it again. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, and, and that also he had a bit of a pattern of that behavior. But yeah, I, but, I, but I think it really does illustrate. Long story short, all the kind of stuff going on in the community right now, it is hard from every angle and it's so complex because there's one hand really wanting to support the people brave enough to come forward i think there's there's also the kind of understanding of okay is this the kind of thing that you should end someone's career over what like who do you believe where does everything lie it's tough it is a really 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 tough topic but i think ultimately i think everyone um especially around the ages that most people are in this community you know like the kind of like 16 to 30 age people go through a lot of education understanding what behavior is acceptable what isn't understanding i think as well as a guy the whole the whole concept for me i, I think something that this has really made me hyper aware of is this whole concept of um of just like that sometimes girls are in a situation where they they just don't feel comfortable you know saying, saying no. yes or no yeah, yeah. And, and i think that's something for me that like was a big like eye opener because i think as a guy like if someone's doing something you kind of be like nah i think guys are very nah. literal you know guys are 100%. Very guys guys are just straightforward if someone's like if someone's like you know like flirting with you or like grabbing you and you don't feel comfortable be like hey can you like not did you um, see my and, tweet and, the other day no so I tweeted about this exact thing and I said, I'm actually going to pull it up one moment. But I tweeted about the fact that I agree. I think this is an issue and I think it's an inherently female issue. So what I said is no means no, but I would also really encourage you to seek enthusiastic consent. For a lot of girls, just saying no isn't that simple. They may feel that in order to say no or stop my, what they might feel has been set in motion, they have to do it in a conciliatory, tactful, gentle way so as not to offend. And in the moment, figuring out how to do that might take a huge amount of effort that feels overwhelming to summon. And this speaks to the way that I think a lot of young women move through the world, conscious on not wanting to make other people feel angry, taking responsibility for other people's emotions and working hard to keep everyone around them happy. It can be quite exhausting. And if you do it long enough, you stop noticing the small moments where you're making that choice. And what I mean by that is that for a lot of girls, say you're on a date with a guy, say you're in bed with a guy and you've been kissing him and then you decide that actually that's enough and you don't want any more. To feel that you have to say no in that moment to stop what you think has already been set in motion, what it's going towards, can feel harder than just saying, okay, I'm just going to go through with this right now because I don't want to have to deal with a difficult conversation and I'll just yeah. deal with that later. And I think that's an inherently um, female feeling as well that can come up and I think it's a, it's a complex one that is very difficult to unpack on a 40 minute podcast about gaming, but is worth yeah. talking about. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's a big thing. I, I think ultimately, um, yeah, like, like we've, like we've said, like we've covered, there's, it, it's a, it's a big topic. It's a hard topic. 
it's a topic where, you know, it's, it, it can be hard to like side either way on something when there's, um, you know, very little evidence. It can be hard to determine what someone should be canceled for, for versus what someone should maybe just be educated on. But I think ultimately the good outcome, uh, at least that I can speak for that I think has come from whenever I see these things come out is it's very interesting to hear, um, really from, you know, a girl who's in that situation and just actually become aware of the fact that I think a lot of the time we, we assume that other people think the same way we do. Yeah. And I think for a lot of guys <laughs> that thing, yeah, exactly. For a lot of guys, that's like, oh, I'm, I don't like this. Yeah. Hi. I don't like this. Go away. Yeah. You know, that's how most guys operate. We're just like very much like, Hey, this, this is the way it is. And yeah. I think it's, um, I think it's, it's very, it's, it's good and it's educating to, uh, for people to hear um, cause it's crazy that, you know, literally 50% of the population, literally, this is already like just a fact that they understand but for the other 50%. I think a lot of people just aren't is that a lot of the time being direct with how you feel in that situation is it's hard and it, um, it's, it's tough to do. And I think that is a, like a good thing to be conscious of. Yes. So I think as a guy, just, it's hopefully educating people. You need to think beyond you know, oh, they didn't tell me to fuck off, you yeah. know? So like, it must be, it must okay. be like where, yeah, yeah exactly. Mm -hmm. What I do think is interesting to talk about and that I think leads us into the wider sort of cancel culture that I feel like the internet is experiencing right now is talking, is the point that you made around how much there really is to lose and whether or not it's right for people to be fully cancelled. And this is where I want to draw a kind of distinction in the line, in distinction in the sand from when we're talking about people that are coming forward with Me Too stories around sexual assault and people that are being cancelled for other decisions that they might have made in the past, content that they might have made in the past that doesn't align with who they are now. And specifically, I'm talking about um, Jenna Marbles, who came out and basically deplatformed herself this week she um <laughs> can't cancel me if i do it first yeah yeah um i'm talking about jenna marbles i'm talking about shane dawson i'm talking about a lot of the stuff that's blowing up in the beauty community literally as we're recording this podcast now and i think this is a really interesting topic and it's something that actually i feel really passionately about so jenna marbles came out and basically, um, a number of clips from her past videos, I believe from the years like 2010 to 2012, so more than eight years ago now, came out where she had um, impersonated Nicki Minaj. She'd made um, a racial slur in a song and um, she made a lot of stereotypical videos around things like slutty girls and that sort of thing which I think is content that probably well the racial stuff the blackface stuff not appropriate at all um the stereotypical stuff I feel like had a moment in content and probably isn't considered as appropriate now and then Shane Dawson obviously has had a, a number of fairly objectively disturbing videos come out that he also created around this 2010 to 2012 period where he did blackface a number of times he made a number of pretty sexually inappropriate jokes um, about young girls and um, is facing huge backlash from that right now and yeah. this is also happening across media in general right now but what do you think around this stuff coming out and old content being pulled up I I actually saw a really a really good tweet that I really liked. It was someone talking about the the Jenna Marble stuff because I think yeah. ultimately, yeah, it's like stuff that if you were to put out today, you'd be like, "What are you What are you doing?" You know, yeah. like like what is this? It's I think a little tone I, deaf. Context, yeah, very tone deaf. But I think ultimately, the the really interesting thing is that, and the key thing to remember, and it's hard to remember, and it doesn't mean that it was right, but I think it is important context is the internet back then was a different place. The conversations were different. The topic was different. Different things were not really educated as issues at the time. And I think the thing that I, the tweet I saw, which I really so strongly agree with, and I think in, in all aspects of life, is that we shouldn't judge people by the mistakes that they make 
but we should judge them um, by how they respond when they're educated as to the problems with those mistakes that they made was essentially yeah. the gist of it. But they're saying that at the time and and for whatever reason, I, I think it's absolutely like it, and and it shouldn't have been something that she wasn't aware of and wasn't educated in. But for whatever time, for whatever reason at the time, and I think there's so many, you can see it across all forms of media. It is clearly something that people weren't educated in and conscious of back then, which is a problem in itself, but is also important to acknowledge is that, you know, the damage and the the hurt that doing stuff like blackface and imitating, you know, people of different races can have. And I think that ultimately the real tell of a person's character is how they respond once they become aware of that issue and of the damage it does. And I think mm. that, I think of all people, um, Jenna Marbles seems like she is really transformed and really fundamentally changed and acknowledged those issues and responded to them. Yeah. I, I, I always think about, I always think about, um, you know, like people who are brought up in really like racist households or bigoted households and you run into them and you meet them and you know, you almost feel sad for them because it's it's all they're ever known. And I think there's so many things where, you know, you're brought up the way that you're brought up. You're taught to believe what you're taught to believe. And that, um, you know, ultimately until you've had someone kind of take you aside and be like, hey, you know, this is why your current way of thinking is wrong. And this is, you know, why it does so much damage and why it should hurt. That's the point, I think, where you need to start judging people from. Because we are largely a product of our upbringing. We're a problem. We're a product of mm -hmm. what our parents teach us and what our friends and society and everything around teaches us. And I think that back then, all those things that we're seeing in that content were significant issues. People were not, pe people saw humor as humor and dark humor is especially humorous, yeah. um, but they weren't really conscious of the kind of the damage that that can do that while, you know, 90, while nine out of 10 people might get a laugh, the one out of 10 finds it, you know, it, it reinforces stereotypes in like a very subtle way. Um, while people are laughing and being like, oh, this is funny. It is also genuinely reinforcing certain stereotypes. And basically, ultimately, I don't think people were as conscious and understanding of that back then. Yeah, we're so lucky. We're lucky that we now grow up in this world with the internet and we're so interconnected with so many different types of people. We have exposure to so many different types of people and it makes us much more accepting and understanding people. Like all of the issues that I feel like our generation is now incredibly well educated and empathetic on around people of different races, people of different genders, transgender people, um, people that speak different languages, people that look different from us, people with disabilities, all these different sorts of things. I feel like we're so blessed that we've grown up in an environment now where we have the internet and we're able to have exposure to all these different sorts of people and we're therefore able to be empathetic and um, understanding. But I think we forget that that wasn't the case literally 10 years ago like even 10 years ago the amount of access to information and different sorts of people different communities that we have now wasn't available back then and um and i agree i think i i hate cancel culture i don't like it at all i think i think it just doesn't leave any of us open to making mistakes and we're just all human and we will all yeah. make mistakes all of us every single one of us like if you're listening yeah. to this you've made a mistake i've made many mistakes like we'll probably make tens hundreds or thousands of mistakes and i know for sure i've said things in the past that don't align with the knowledge that i now have the person that i now am and i was uneducated and yes there's an issue in the fact that we were uneducated and I think there's something to be said there but I do agree with you that like you have to I just think if you cancel people based on things that they said years ago that they've since tried that they've since clearly changed their actions they wouldn't do it today in the case of Jenna Marbles I believe she'd privated many of those videos years and years and years ago so people couldn't find them she certainly wasn't making money from them I, I think it's sad. I think it doesn't allow for an evolved point of view. It means that you yeah. have to suddenly be born woke and be woke for the rest of your life. And I just don't think it's realistic. And I know, 
you know, like I'd call myself out. I've said things in the past when I was young that now I would never say. Like I remember when I was growing up and I was in like year seven or eight, I was, you know, 12 to 14. People would say that's gay all the time. People would say that all the time. Yeah. And it, and now it's like people don't say that because you realize that that's just a stupid thing to say. It could hurt people. It's not helpful. It's you, you sound like an idiot. But I remember when that was like a phrase that people used all the time. Yeah, it was like it's conversational. Cool. It was conversational. And I am glad that there weren't cameras on me when I was saying things like that that were conversational. And I genuinely think people didn't quite realize were hurtful. And I think like yeah. for her, it's just... And, and for me, like I would actually also want to make a point that I... in some ways find it ironic that I think we live in a more accepting, more understanding, more equal community than we've ever lived in. And everyone's like very conscious on being politically correct and not saying anything that's going to offend someone or hurt someone. But we can be so quick to jump on people and just cancel them in a minute. It's like, oh, she made a video where she was dressed as Nicki Minaj for five seconds back in 2011. Done. Off the internet. You're done. That's <laughs> Forget everything you. that she's done and, in the last 10 years. Think, I just think it's frustrating. And I also get that, you know, I'm a very white privileged woman and maybe it's not my position or it, it isn't my position to judge whether or not that was offensive or not. But I just think it sucks like that I think in so many ways we've become really accepting of all different sorts of people but I feel like we're not quite accepting of the fact that people make mistakes and they can learn and grow from them and and better educate people in the future about them yeah not not to get too cheesy but um you know I think once again another really good quote that I can't remember verbatim but um but you know it's that it's that it's that same it's 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 the same concept that you know like say say someone has a racist person come up to them they have two options as to how they can deal with that situation they can either say get away from me you're a disgusting human being you're racist i never want to talk to you again or you can be like or or you can actually try and bring them in and you know have a conversation and try and actually change their mindset all you do by attacking someone and like being really, really like violently horrible against them is you push them away and you yeah. lose that opportunity to re-educate them and to actually like add one more good person to the world. The best thing you can do is to, you know, actually try and help those people and kind of make them understand why they're wrong in their current mindset. And I think that, yeah, it really, it really just, it comes back to that same thing. I think that it is, what were, were those old videos uh, right? But were they were they a wrong thing to make? Yes. Were they something that I think at the time was fully understood to be wrong? No. Do I think that since then she has done every reasonable step she can to educate herself on that topic and not make the same mistake again? Yes. And I ultimately think that that is where you need to judge people, not by the mistakes that they've made, but how they attempt to rectify and better themselves once they understand that what they did was a mistake. Yeah. I think we have to be careful as well that this cancel culture doesn't in and of itself operate as like a form of censorship where people are so afraid to say or do anything wrong that they just don't say anything at all, in which case it's more unhelpful in the long run. Like I think one of the reasons that people like creators, they like personalities is because they want to feel an uncensored or an unfiltered point of view. Like we can go on the news, we can go on like the big networks and that sort of thing. And we can know the kind of content that we're going to get. Like I can go on the Buzzfeed YouTube channel and I know the listicles that I'm going to find and the perspectives that they're going to have. But I like watching creators because I like watching people that have something to say about a subject and have a perspective that's refreshing and relatable or not relatable. And I think it can be dangerous where cancel culture can get to a point where people have 
so much to lose that they know can be lost in such a short period of time that they're afraid to even have a perspective in which case they're afraid to even talk about the topic and I would like to say that even we had that today like there's been moments in this podcast where we've said like oh do you think we should say that or not like is that dangerous to say are people going to take it the wrong way and I think in some ways it's like god that's so frustrating because it's good that we're talking about it and it's important to talk about it because the more you talk about it, the more people learn. So it's important to not censor to the point that people don't even want to talk about it in the first place. But that'd be my take. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's hard. But then I think that that very much covers Jenna Marbles. I'm curious. Do you have different thoughts on all the Jeffrey Star oh beauty drama? Oh my god! What the hell? <laughs> God, I'm glad I'm not in the beauty industry. I can't even keep up. As we went live, I still haven't finished Tati's most recent video or whatever. I just think it seems toxic as hell. And it, I, I was saying this stay. to Emma. Go on. Oh, I was saying to Emma earlier. It really, I can't even say how much, how strongly it reminds me of like middle school friend groups. Oh. Just when people are like being like, Oh my God, why didn't you invite me to your birthday party? I'm now going to go around the school and tell everyone that you are like a liar and like, and just everyone's backstabbing each other and just being the most toxic, emotionally manipulative people. And you just like, it's like that, but like adults and millions of dollars. Literally millions of dollars. I think, I I don't know. I have to say that I've been skeptical of Shane Dawson. I think he's a manipulative person. I think the way that he's... I've been skeptical. I have talked on this podcast more than anyone how I do not like that guy and how I think he's working. It's only you and me on this podcast. (laughs) Yeah, look, all right. Yeah, but I feel like I didn't get enough credit for it. All right. But literally, I've said from day one, I think he's an emotionally manipulative person. I think the point you made when we were talking earlier, how he's like, guys, we got a sponsor on the channel. It's like only one of us got 200 grand added to their bank yeah, account mate. this is a point we didn't get a sponsor i think shane plays the poor card this is separate to all of the issues around blackface and that sort of thing i do think he's manipulative i think he plays a bit of a godlike figure in the industry very much like a father figure can do no wrong i very much disagree with the way that he talks about sponsorships and he's like hey guys we got a sponsor it's like shane unless i missed my check in the mail i don't think i got paid for your $100,000 honey sponsorship that you just got on your most recent video. Like, I don't know if we got a sponsor. Um, It's, yeah, I don't know. I don't see any new Gucci handbags in my cupboard. (laughs) Yeah, where's my house in Calabasas? Like, come on. Um, Oh, God. But yeah, I, I don't know. I don't even know if I can, like, speak on it because I just feel like it's toxic. What I would say is I think that when creators decide to try and come for a community or um, a sort of unearth a, a bunch of toxicity in a community, I think it makes people really want to come back for that specific person more. And I think the tweets that he did the other day about how toxic the beauty community is were fairly hypocritical to be honest given that he literally started a beauty channel and did a documentary to sell a palette that he publicly made millions and millions of dollars on and the day after he does his relaunch of his palette he's like okay bye guys like peace out i'm out um i think is ironic i think it's hypocritical and I think that sometimes when people complain that a community or a circumstance is toxic, they need to self-reflect a little bit and actually ask if it's them that's being toxic. Yeah, I will. I'm going to put in because I don't want to be hypocritical here because of my personal feelings. I do want to clarify why I do think that Shane Dawson's behavior is in a different box to someone like um, uh, like uh, Jenna Marbles. I think that number one. Even back when the, I, I think, I think back when these were made, doing stereotypes, doing like impersonating Nicki Minaj, that kind of thing, wasn't as directly understood to be damaging and bad as stuff like what Jeffrey Star did, aka sexualizing an eleven-year-old girl. Shane Dawson. Um, sorry, Shane Dawson did. Yeah, yeah, what Shane Dawson did, which was sexualizing an eleven-year-old girl. I think that was objectively a much, much worse thing to do. That said, you can then talk about how they've developed as a person, and I do think to a point. 
he, he definitely has. He, obviously, he's not making that kind of content anymore. Um, but but I, but I think his behavior since then is still... He hasn't evolved as a person. I would say has not become a... What I would quote as Jenna Marbles is a good person. I would I definitely not put... Shane Dawson in that I thing. couldn't even get through his apology video. I didn't like it so much. I think there was a lot that shows he actually hasn't evolved that much. I think the way he was talking about the fact that I don't even know who that person was. It was like that person was you. Like it wasn't taking accountability for the fact that um, that was him. I didn't like that. And I don't like the fact that he blames a lot on his anxiety or issues that he had as a child growing up. I appreciate that that could have an impact on you, but I don't think your apology video is the place to bring that up. I don't think there's any excuse to sexualize a child like the way that he did. And I don't think it was taking ownership in the way that that moment really called for. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, yeah, I mean, once again, I, I just, I really do think that, that there are so many things that are coming out now about Shane Dawson that are back and forward stories. I, I can say that fundamentally, something that I know just factually and can see factually, and the one thing that I can say without a doubt is I do think he's very manipulative in how he deals with especially stuff around money and playing the poor card and sponsors. I've talked about it before. He's always like, Jeffree Star talks about 100 grand, and he's like, it's more money than I've seen in my life. It's like, no, mate, that's half of what you just got paid for shouting out Honey earlier in your video. Like, he clearly has money. He, he likes to pretend he doesn't have money. He... I don't know. He basically plays the poor victim card when that is very clearly, and anyone who knows the industry and knows the money he's making knows that that's not the case. Um, and it, it just makes me, it makes me not doubt a lot of these things that come out that I hear about. I'm like, you know what? That actually would, would he try and orchestrate the cancellation of another YouTuber to make more money off his palette? You know what? doesn't seem totally outside the realm of what I'd believe, given mm. the things I know about his character. I do think and... it's really interesting that YouTube, as of today, has completely demonetized all of his channels. I think that's really interesting. Touches on the point that we were discussing earlier about Twitch, where it's like, at what point does the platform step in? Um... It's, it's interesting to me, especially interesting, um, because number one, I don't want to say it's not uh legal for them to do it but it does seem interesting that they can demonetize channels that haven't actually had any any of that objectionable con objectionable content on it um but i think what it does show is especially given like all these advertisers pulling out of facebook right now because of their inability to shut yes. down hate speech um I, I think basically this is youtube's getting hard flashbacks to what happened with PewDiePie when he said the N-word on stream and all those articles and the drama came out being like all of this inappropriate content on YouTube, advertisers just started pulling budget left, right, and center. I think YouTube's very clearly conscious that all these like racist content stories are going to become a bigger thing, even if they were from 10 years ago. And I think they're really trying to get very, very ahead and uh, try and kind of you know make it very proactively clear to advertisers that we don't tolerate this content on our platform and it will be removed i think youtube is conscious that creators are the new mini media platforms and just as advertisers might not want to associate with certain media platforms they're conscious that they don't want to put advertising dollars on creators that advertisers might not want to align with and i think yeah. um I think it's interesting. I think it's very, very affirmative action from YouTube that we probably haven't seen to that extent yet. Um, so it's an interesting insight into the way that they're dealing with these sorts of community issues that uh, ultimately could affect major advertising dollars for the platforms as well. I agree. Yeah, I think um, I I'm genuinely curious if there will be a big fallout from this. Uh, I know I'm sure YouTube is trying to like move the narrative along very quickly be like yeah yeah talk about uh all the backstabbing just just move on from the racist uh questionable content topic yeah. like they they because ultimately advertisers don't care if there's drama they don't care if someone's being like a bit of a bit of a bad friend or if you no, know if anything, Shane, love that. Shane, yeah exactly but what but what they don't want is yeah. oh we put a coca-cola ad on a video that involved blackface that's what yes. that's what the advertisers are scared of so that's what you need between to... reality tv and unsafe content 
Yeah, exactly. And they advertisers don't care if they're on drama. They just don't want to be the drama by being, you know, X company supported this content. Yeah. Agree. Wow. Okay. That was a packed episode. That was a (sighs) big one. Guys, I feel and like that we... was like not even chill topics. They were like oh intense topics. I feel like we need to like come back tomorrow and debrief on whatever else happens. But um, yeah, you'll see us next week. Guys, subscribe if you are not subscribed. Um, follow us on Facebook. Leave us a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. And um, leave a comment on the video if you're watching on YouTube and we'll always reply. So um, we will see you guys next week. I can't wait to see... <laughs> the development on all these topics honestly um but yeah thank you guys so much for watching watch time and we'll see you later bye bye hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.